Standby. Hello, this is Penn Jillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the lackadaisical Librocubicularist podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I would potentially enjoy it. A ringing endorsement. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the Librocube. Today, my friends, is episode number 306. That's a 3 followed by 0 followed by 6 to indicate the number 306 is what it is. Something I like to say at the top of every show is there will be spoilers. This is not a 100% guarantee of spoilers, but in order to cover my ass like so very much underwear, I like to give this spoiler warning just to be on the safe side. Better to be safe than sorry. Another thing I like to say is that if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. No, that's ridiculous. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend. Perhaps you rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes as that is what helps podcasts grow and become things. Things. Yes, I love things. I think uh, it's pretty much all that needs to be said post-actual podcasty stuff, so I'm going to push this button. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what happens. I snuck a burp in there. I wonder if that came across. Anyways, today's movie monologue sponsor is the Anti-Biological Clock Birth Control Pills. (coughs) Okay. The Anti-Biological Clock Birth Control Pill. Thank you for that, for sponsoring this Movie Monday in which I have three movies. Let's hop in to movie the first because I find, I think every time I've had to struggle, I haven't had to struggle, but I have struggled to fit in all the movies that I uh, want to talk about within the five minutes. So now I'm going to talk faster and hopefully I fit them all in. Movie the first is called Stonehurst Asylum. As I will occasionally forget to rate things if I don't do so immediately, I'm going to do so now, and I'm going to say a solid 3 out of 5. Which, if you are unfamiliar with my rating system, means that I did enjoy this movie while watching it, but would probably not watch it again. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's a safe assumption. Another thing I have done lately, which I think is a smart thing, so... Smart good uh, is to read the IMDb, IMDb, IMDb page for each movie, just to give you a brief little idea of what each movie is about, in case you haven't seen it. A recent medical school grad who takes a position at a mental institution soon finds himself taken with one of his colleagues, though he has no initial idea of a recent horrifying staff change. <laughs> Uh, 
post episode 300, I've been somewhat kind of sort of kind of sort of good with not spoiling things. I don't think it's going to be possible for me not to really spoil this. So if you haven't seen this movie, uh, I'm throwing an extra spoiler warning in for you just so you know that things will be spoiled. Hey, because I care about you. So um, this is a very interesting plot twisty movie. Basically, a guy shows up in an asylum. The guy played by Jim Sturgis. I don't really know if I've seen or heard of him before. Uh, the, the the sort of love interest comes in the form of Kate Beckinsale, who, my God, she is a beautiful woman. <clears throat> Even the missus, who, I should mention, watch this with me, commented on that. So that opened the floodgates for me to do so as well, I felt like. Yeah, yeah, smoking, uh, smoking hot. Anyways... The missus, I meant. The missus. The missus. Uh, the sort of idea is this guy shows up in an insane asylum, and things are a little off. The reason that he has that feeling is because it turns out the insane people of the asylum uh, actually took over. They locked up all the sane people and uh, sort of took over and started running things. Uh, the insane people leader... Let's call him Silas Lamb, as that is his name in the movie. It's played by Mr. Ben Kingsley, who, good in anything, yes, just period, full stop. Uh, awesome bad guy, Ben Kingsley. Does uh, he ever play a good guy? Mm, not like straight good guy, maybe a good guy with like a, a dark past, but uh, yeah, he's amazing. Kate Beckinsale's good as well. It made me kind of want to revisit the Underworld movies in which she is the star. So uh, maybe I'll do that at some point. Uh, I'd recommend it. I think the missus really liked it. That seems kind of up her alley. Reminded me a little bit of that... Oh, what was it called? Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Leonardo DiCaprio where he goes to... Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Yeah, re reminded me a little bit of that, which was also good. That, I think, is better than this, just if you're going to choose one or the other. Moving on to movie the second. Moving on to movie the second. <laughs> uh, the Sitter. Hmm, interesting, interesting. I... Yeah, this must have been before... Came out in 2011. When did I start this podcast? 2012. Yeah, uh, I have seen this movie. Um, the missus wanted to watch a comedy. This one I had seen, but didn't really remember much about it. Uh, other than to sort of piece together from what I know of things was that she would like it and I didn't mind it. So we watched it. Hey, uh, I'm going to go three to maybe some four to five moments. Hmm. Yeah, not, not too bad. I know the, the critics were not a huge fan of this film, but being a critic... Uh, of the very, very unprofessional variety. Uh, I just go by what I feel and not by what I think other people feel. So, to you, real critics. Oh, shit. Man, I've got to learn how to speed up a bit. Uh, stars Jonah Hill, a bunch of kids. It's basically Adventures in Babysitting, if you've ever seen that movie. Um, pulled into this century. Yeah, let's say that. Uh, bad guy, played by Sam Rockwell. Hmm? Sam Rockwell, good in absolutely every movie I've ever seen him in. So, what I decided to do is move on to movie the third, titled Better Living Through Chemistry. This, 
of these three movies is by far and away the best. Uh, I'd probably go five out of five. Yeah, I think I might go five out of five. Really, really like this. This has that sort of dark comedy vibe that I know and love so, so very much. Uh, let me read the uh, a straight-laced pharmacist, Rockwell, uneventful life spirals out of control when he starts an affair with a trophy wife. Customer. <laughs> Who takes him on a joyride involving sex, drugs, and possibly moida. Moida. Yeah, Sam Rockwell, amazing. Uh, dark comedies I love. Sam Rockwell I love. Movies where a sort of button-down, straight-laced guy fall apart I love. So all of those things sort of combine to make a lovely, lovely movie. Watch it, please. Available on Netflix, I will say. And just did say. Today's television talk sponsor is Flash Forward Prenatal Genetic Modification Incorporated. Let me try that one again. Uh, Flash Forward Prenatal Genetic Modification Incorporated. Thank you for sponsoring this television talk segment in which I will talk of television, of course, specifically Parks and Recreation back for season seven. If you were a listener of the podcast pre-episode 300, you will know I devoted uh, Tuesdays to television talk. Television Tuesdays, they were called. I quite often brought back episodes of this very show, Parks and Rec. So, uh, hey, it's back. I'm back. Why not start again and talk about them a bit? Hey, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I am doing. Uh, I guess I sort of brought back episodes one to four of the season seven the season seven which i don't know if i talked of the last episode of season six may have don't remember uh kind of did something different that i'd never seen on a tv sh show before which is interesting uh and that was the last episode the last sort of part of that last episode they jumped ahead in future i guess uh, a year two years uh, which was an interesting idea, uh, and I think something that would allow writers of a show that are having troubles perhaps writing episodes uh, a lot more sort of just an explosion of open opportunities for new writing ideas, which it feels like it's it's happened here. I don't want to say the show is totally different. Uh, it's, it's not. It's got the same characters, but they're sort of subtly changed as the years have passed and as uh, things that have happened to them have sort of shaped the way they live. So, very, very interesting idea. I wonder if other people will try this. It'll be called the, the Parks and Rec final season in Ossity, perhaps. Uh, oh, it's three years in the future I'm reading here. See, look, the ability to have a few notes now that I'm not doing this while driving comes in handy. Uh, Leslie is Midwest Regional Parks Director. Ben is still City Manager. Both April and Andy are working for Leslie. Uh, Andy has his own television show. Very interesting. 
Uh, Ron Swanson has left the Parks Department and owns a construction company called Very Good. I should mention at this point that uh, the vast majority of my notes are thanks to a little website I found, just sort of stumbled upon, called um, Wikipedia. I recommend you check it out. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I guess the sort of main takeaway of this first episode is the fact that uh, Ron and Leslie, who were, I don't know if BFFs is a word you could use, but very good friends, very good work acquaintances, uh, they have had a sort of falling out over the course of the of this three years, and we don't net yet know why. won't find out why, in fact, until episode four of the season. So... Um, Episode 1, just sort of setting that up and uh, letting us know where all the characters are. Not necessarily how they got there, but where they are at this point in time. Uh, Episode 2 didn't really fill in much story-wise. A lot of Councilman Jam. (laughs) That was pretty funny, actually. Um, Leslie, Episode 3, Leslie continues to strengthen her case. Oh yeah, I guess this is the sort of story arc of this. Uh, is that Leslie wants to get a piece of property for government use, uh, whereas Ron Swanson wants to purchase it and do things of a business nature to it. And Leslie wants to keep it sort of natural, oh, natural, you might say. Uh, and that's further friction between these two. Uh, last episode of, not the season, but that I've watched, episode four, Uh, The whole gang sort of decided that they're sick of Leslie and Ron fighting, so they did the sort of classic lock them together in a room until they settle their differences. I gotta say, (laughs) Ron Swanson, one of my favorite TV characters, just period. So to see him in this situation, very, very good. Uh, There was booze involved. There was booze involved. Today's book banter sponsor is Lanier Buttons Reading Rhino Android App. Lanier Buttons Reading Rhino Android App. Thank you. Uh, If you've been following along with these book banters, uh, you will know, perhaps, that today is the final installment of the Jacob Brumfield saga, Dr. Tongue, colon, time-traveling origami robot. So without further ado, let's see how Jacob ends his magical ride on top of dragon. <laughs> Jacob was so enthralled gazing into these magnificent dragon eyes that when they started to dim, he realized that they had been glowing. That they had been glowing very brightly. He blinked away the spots that had appeared before his eyes, and when his vision cleared again, the light in Dr. Tung's pupils had already faded altogether. When the glowing dragon orbs finally did wink out, Jacob thought that this was as close to a visual sigh as he would ever see for the rest of his life. He felt a kinship with this beast that had thrust him into the bright blue sky. The feeling of kinship lessened as he started his descent. In fact, by the time Jacob Brumfield hit the ground with an automatopoeic plop, 
The feeling was non-existent. The end. Uh, I noticed previously and have planned that the that didn't last five minutes of this book Wednesday up uh, book Wednesday book banter segment uh so what i've written here is contest for jacob brumfield story come up with the next story idea and win part in story what that means to me to my brain is a reminder to say now these words <laughs> oh boy uh and that is uh i just have a thought that this might be fun and gonna try it whether it works or not i don't know uh that is if you listening to this have an idea for a Jacob Bromfield story. All I need is very, very basic. You can give me the first sentence, the first few words, a brief outline. I don't need a lot, but uh, I will put you in the story, give you give you mucho credit for the story as well. So that's kind of my idea. Uh, saying that, I do have, between now and if anyone actually factually ends up getting back to me, uh, I do have uh, another Jacob Bromfield story queued up it's called big red uh so those will be next before i get to your story so just fly it won't it won't happen quickly i do this uh while having free time uh and my free time is not always abundant so despite the fact that i'm uh, recording a podcast and publish it every week huh uh, yeah, so uh, basically feel free to uh, tweet at me if your idea is short. If it's longer, feel free to email uh, to the uh, email address provided in the closing credits. I would love to hear from you about that or anything in particular, but that for this moment. So let's move on to the next segment. Segment. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is No Man's Land Lesbian Realty Incorporated. Thank you to that for sponsoring this Game Gavin, in which I'm doing something... I don't think I've ever really done anything like this before. But the internet seems to like things such as what I am about to do, which is list off... Internet loves a good list. My, meaning me, Jordan, Maywood, Flackadaisical, Libro, Cuberculist, hello. Uh, my most anticipated games of 2015. Uh, when I say games, I do not mean of the board variety, I mean of the video variety. Mm. You can go online and find a shit ton of this list. Uh, the reason you can do so is because they're popular. So the fact that I'm doing it means that potentially people will be like, oh yeah, what does this idiot think of the games coming out in 2015? <laughs> they have a weird accent. <laughs> Whoever's thinking that. Ah, boy. Okay, so i got a little list here. Uh, let's see how we do. Um, number one is called a No Man's Sky. Uh, this game, since I first heard about it, seems like a friggin' long time ago. Uh, I've been just enthralled... Yeah, I'm going to use that word. Enthralled with the whole idea behind it. It sounds so incredibly amazing that I kind of... I'm trying to keep my hopes down. Especially because if it is all true as they say it is, it's just an amazing feat in 
not even just gaming, just an amazing feat, period. Amazing feat, F-E-A-T. Uh, basically what it sounds like is you're a dude, as quite often you are in video games, you're, you're a, a, a person, man, woman, I don't know, you are, you're a, you're a entity who can travel on a planet. You can be on that planet, you'll start on that planet, then you will somehow, some way, I don't know how they're going to progress this, uh, will be able to have a spaceship. The spaceship can then leave the planet and then to go to other planets within the system you're in. Hmm. And these planets aren't small, they are, from the looks of it, from the sounds of it, size of planets. The size of planets! Planets the size of planets in a video game! I don't like my mind boggles at the thought that that's a possibility. It can't be like a one to one ratio. Like if you're at Earth, if you're on a planet the size of Earth and you're walking around, like how much are you going to see at any given moment? It's got to be some sort of some sort of ratio. Anyways, to further that thought, the planet that you're on, the size of a planet inside, in the size of a solar system. There's actually an entire universe of planets that you can visit. Uh, this is also has a sort of online interactive component, as I understand it, that if I go to a planet, um, every, everything I do there, if I build a house, if I tear down some trees, if I kill some dinosaurs, I'd have no idea what's going to happen in this game. It's still all sort of in the ether. Uh, People who go to that planet after will see the things I have done. So uh, it's it's sort of amazing, and also that thought of uh, it can't be as in depth as they say it's going to be. But you never know. You never know. I like to be optimistic, but also think, come on, that's ridiculous. It can't be that good. <laughs> Basically. Okay, let's move on to uh, the Witcher Three colon Wild Hunt. Uh, my, did I bring back The Witcher 2 on a uh, her video games day? May have, may have. I, I think I might have. Anyways, uh, I'm, I'm somewhat new to The Witcher franchise, and so far from what I've seen of The Witcher 3, it looks like it's going to be pretty incredible. And uh, I did enjoy The Witcher 2. Uh, it did sort of drag on a bit. I think the fact that and maybe someone can correct me on this, The Witcher 1 and 2 were for PC only, whereas The Witcher 3 is going to be PC and consoles. I think just the addition of being on consoles as well mean that it will speed up the pace a bit. Uh, I, I think that makes a logical sort of sense. If it doesn't, whatever. Okay, let me just list off the last ones. Batman, Arkham Knight, <laughs> uh, The Order, 1886, Tomb Raider, Bloodborne, maybe even Final Fantasy XV. Ah, Charlie, Charlie bit me. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is Last Comic Standing, The Game. This is the world's first survival comedy game. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, so what do I have here on this Internet Intercourse is uh, sort of following a bit of a theme today, and that is connecting things. Uh, I've got an episode of Speakeasy with host Paul F. 
Tompkins and guest Jim O'Hare. Jim O'Hare, who you might know from Parks and Rec, which we've spoke about in television talk. If everything's connected, people, everything. Just like uh, how I had two uh, Ed Norton movies. Ed Norton? Not Ed Norton. Two movies of that guy that I said I really like and now can't remember his name because of the name curse, the name curse cursed upon me by the gypsy uh, woman who cursed me to, with the inability to remember names when I ran over her husband while receiving a blowjob while driving. Jim came from a sketch comedy background. Uh, he was, from the sounds of it, only supposed to be on a few episodes of Parks and Rec, like maybe the first six, which they sounds like considered a season at the time. It was a very, very short season. And uh, it almost had the feeling, which was kind of interesting, that people tried to talk him out of it. Like people tried to say, uh, you know, you're, you're not really going to be in the episodes very much. You're not going to be a, 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 it's not going to be a large role. Uh, you, you may just be in the background. There may just be a lot of very, very brief work. And he's like, you know what? This is a huge show. And I know it's going to be super popular. If I could have any part of it at all, I will count my blessings. And he seems like that kind of sort of genuine dude. Very, very nice guy. <laughs> but don't get the impression, and this was kind of interesting as well, don't get the impression that he is exactly like his character on Parks and Rec, which is sort of, you know, doughy, dopey, uh, pushover guy. He, he, he's not that, and he gave... <laughs> it was kind of funny. He spoke a bit about uh, typecasting, how a lot of roles he is offered... Uh, have a lot of similarity to his role on Park and Rec, Parks and Rec, or uh, adversely, uh, he's not offer ro offered roles that are different from his role on Parks and Rec because people don't think he could pull off a mean guy, and they gave a little. Uh, he gave a little uh, taste of his mean side, just you know, acting. But uh, I believed it. <laughs> they they did it in slow motion. Maybe that that added to the to the scariness mm. okay so uh always watch speakeasy recommend that paul Tompkins, amazing this episode go watch good good five out of five five out of five sure why not whatever uh tabletop yeah on internet days i have spoken of table talk quite tabletop 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 quite a bit and I haven't uh, done so post-episode 300, so uh, I figure I would bring one back. Why not? Uh, this one, Will Wheaton, decided to play a game called Geek Out, which is mostly, I guess I would just kind of classify, how would I, you know what, I'd classify it as a um, betting trivia game. So right up my alley. I, I like a little gambling. And I love a little trivia. So if you can combine them in the game, in a game, I'm all over that. This game really looks like something I would like to play, which is, I think, why I have brought it back here to speak of. Uh, Will Wheaton was joined by uh, Claire Kramer, who you may know. Uh, she played Glory on uh, Buffy. She's also been on Doug Loves Movies a couple of times. Uh, she, I, I like her. Yeah, she's uh, she's good on the whole podcast scene. She's she's quick and funny. And uh, because this is also a visual medium, 
this uh, this tabletop uh, also easy on the eyes, which is nice. Mm. Uh, Anne Wheaton was also there, which is Will's wife, and uh, Bonnie Burton, who uh, works with Anne at a company, which I even wrote down. Oh, there you go, plugs, plugs. Uh, called Vandal Eyes. So why not check that out? That game. You know what? I should make a mental note to myself, Jordan. See about getting that game to to play it with people. Hmm. Okay, last I have uh, a little PewDiePie. PewDiePie. He. Well, we don't have time to talk of what he said. Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm pausing. Take take that. His uh, his uh, uh, YouTube video was titled Gameplay to Die for, Die for. Lately, he's been playing uh, a bit of survival horror games. And he got, I don't know if he got a little heated or uh, or if it was just my imagination, but uh, I think he's not the only one who's feeling this lately. And it's the idea that people, not always, but often in video games nowadays, no, that's not what I meant to say, uh, people who create games that are uh, not yet complete. So uh, if you're familiar with Steam, they're called Early Access Games. You can uh, pay to purchase these games. There's a warning, a great big warning, so you're never going to be bamboozled in that sense. That says, this game is not finished, we're still working on it. If you'd like to purchase it, you can play it in this sort of pre-finished state, and we're working on it. I think it's dangerous, this, this idea that seems to be growing seems to be growing a lot in the survival horror or survival game uh, milieu uh, but it's growing everywhere just period just maybe there in particular and dangerous because there's no actual and I didn't know this <laughs> there's no actual guarantee that these people will ever finish this game I will admit and I think I've probably talked of some of the games I've played I've purchased a few of these I I've decided probably in the last six months that I'm no longer going to do that. I'm not going to buy any games that are ink that are, that are not fun. Now, that being said, I did purchase one called rust, which I played for a long time, you know, like 40 hours. So I got my money's worth. And the other kind of interesting thing about that too, is it's not done yet. So I can come back in a year and I'll have a whole sort of new experience based on the one that I've played for 40 hours already, but more complete. So I guess there's that sort of give and take that maybe it's not always a bad thing, but I think a lot of the times it is. Like <laughs> PewDiePie, or Pewds if you prefer, uh, at one point tried to play a game called H1Z1, which extremely popular right now, sort of exploded onto the scene, and it just it just broken. It just doesn't work. Uh, trying to log into play, and I've never seen this before, uh, it said there was almost a three-hour wait just for him to be able to play it. I guess it's at such an early stage that they can only have so many people playing it online at once, and the wait for him to play it was three hours. So it's just freaking ridiculous. Uh, I guess that is it for Internet Intercourse. Folks, it's nice to be nice. To the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. Hey, that's uh, Ron Swanson. We, we talked of him already. 
So that's uh, that's kind of a coincidence, I guess. There. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things, and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day. You ain't seen nothing yet. The best is yet to come and be. Won't it be fine? The best is yet to come. Live long and prosper.